Hey friends, sorry I had a bit of trouble getting the uh, live set up there, but I think it's all working now. Um, but I'm sorry to be a few minutes late. Um, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. John chapter 11, verse 25. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The shadow of death looms really large right now. We watch the ticker of deaths from COVID-19 go up every day, both globally uh, and in the United States. Um, and I know that probably like the rest of you, um, I've been you know, trying to do my best to put together the information that's out there about how this is gonna play out and what the outcomes will be and how long it will take and trying to figure out you know, between the different news sources and the different things, um, just trying to get a, a, some bead on, on where this is all going. And I know that, um, you know, sometimes people speak optimistically to try and encourage hope, but then when you look for the most candid and the most, um, uh, yeah, the most realistic things that I can find at least, I'm convinced that um, this disease is going nowhere fast. And that in fact, uh, eventually, we're all going to get it, or at least 70% uh, of the population will get it until there's what they call a herd immunity. So just to be clear that I think that sometimes um, wishful thinking has replaced uh, candid analysis of the facts. For instance, when it comes to sheltering at home, which I'm glad that we're doing, um, this will certainly help slow the infection rate and will slow the filling of the hospital beds, which is greatly needed, um, but it, it won't in itself prevent us from getting coronavirus. Whenever we venture out of the house ever, uh, we come in contact with anybody ever, we run the risk of uh, passing it on. And a, a large portion of that 70% of the world, um, or I should say a, a portion, uh, may get hospitalized, uh, and certainly there will be, uh, over time, a lot of deaths. And I think that fear um, is looming large in our minds today. Uh, the shadow of death um, seems to be uh, drawing closer and closer. Um, this is a really painful reality to name because up until now, I think coronavirus has mostly existed in sort of uh, slightly outside arm's reach. But I think um, even in the course of the year to come, uh, we may know someone who dies from coronavirus. I think we're getting close to that reality. Um, it's interesting that liturgically the shadow of death also looms large. We will be remembering the passion and death of Jesus in two weeks' time. Today we heard about Lazarus's death. And in fact, the scriptures um, don't flinch to name what uh, causes us all uh, fear every human uh, is terrified of death by nature. But the scriptures don't shirk from speaking of it and from addressing it. And I, what I want to offer is that as Christians, um, the reality of this spreading pandemic uh, and the mortality rate connected with it, um, it's not something that we need to pretend doesn't exist. Like I said, it's perfectly normal for it to cause fear. Um, it's normal for us to be apprehensive uh, about pain, about grief, uh, about all these things. But I think as Christians, we 
actually need to look this fear in the eye, not by ourselves, of course, uh, because that would just be lead to terror and anxiety, but, but with Jesus, knowing that Jesus is with us, to hold his hand and to look the fearful thing in the eye. I believe that's what scripture calls us to do. To know that Jesus is in every way with us, that he's watching us from heaven, that he's with us by the power of his Holy Spirit, closer to ourselves than even our own selves, that he's with us in a special way through his having drawn near in Holy Communion. That with Jesus right next to us, we can look death in the eye, the dark shadow, and grip Jesus' hand even tighter and to cling to what we know to be true uh, with a grip that's tighter than death. Jesus proclaims the words that begin every Anglican funeral. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Those were his words to Martha of Bethany. The great truth that Jesus proclaims uh, in the face of Lazarus's death is that if we, if we die, if we die believing in him, we do not really die. We do not cease to exist. We actually step into eternal life, our souls in the nearer presence of God. If someone we know dies believing in him, they've not ceased to exist, but they live on in the nearer presence of God. These are truths that I think we need to be sinking our fingers into now, before the shadow of death grows darker. And I hope and pray that the experts are somehow all wrong, that there's going to be some wonderful thing, that a miracle of God's hand that stems this pandemic. I don't think, it doesn't appear to be that the heat is going to dry it up. It doesn't appear that there'll be a vaccine inside of a year. Um, so I pray that it's not the worst case scenario, but if it is, as Christians, we need to be holding on to our anchor before the storm comes to be ready for it inwardly. To know that if we are, in fact, in self-isolation for a long time, that Jesus is with us here. I love that psalm that says, if I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the grave, you are there. If I go down to Sheol, you are there. If I go to the bottom of the ocean, you are there. There's nowhere we can go where Jesus is not with us. My mom used to say all the time, especially in the midst of um, sort of bouts of anxiety, um, she'd say there's no pit so deep uh, that God cannot go deeper still. Words I've clung to many times. If, God forbid, uh, we, you, someone we love, will experience pain, Jesus is with them and he's with us. If we're in a hospital, Jesus is with us. He's nearer than can be imagined. And he draws near in times of trial and sickness in ways that are hard to communicate outside of that time of trial. But those who have suffered before uh, know very well how close he can be in the time of pain. As the uh, COVID-19 pandemic worsens, and certainly these next two weeks, we'll see probably um, the the largest spike of all in this country. we'll likely feel like Mary and Martha who say, Lord, basically, you could have stopped this. You could have stopped this. That's true, you could have. But the Lord's first response to Martha is to point us to the bigger picture beyond this mortal life. The life of the Christian soul with God when we die. 
pointing us to the resurrection in him on the last day. His second response after pointing us to the bigger picture is to stand with the grieving and to weep with them. It's one of the most touching human scenes of Jesus's ministry. Twice it says he was deeply moved in our John reading. Jesus, the New Testament invites us um, to share our anxieties with God now and should they come to share our griefs with him later. It's two very different things to weep just generally and to weep with Jesus in the knowledge of his presence with us, knowing that through his humanity, he shares in our suffering and is grieved also like he grieved at the grave of Lazarus. To weep with Jesus is still a terrible sorrow to be weeping, but there's a great comfort in it too. In some rare cases, like Lazarus's, the Lord uh, does intervene and reverse the course of history. For one, in the case of Lazarus, for a few, even sometimes for many, but this seems to be the exception and not the rule. Lazarus's um, being raised was in fact a unique showing forth that Jesus can raise the dead. It's proof positive, evidence for every Christian to hang on forever that Jesus's resurrection wasn't just for himself, that his intention is to raise everyone some to life in him and those who are not in him to a life away from him. But the fact that he has the power to do it is demonstrated with Lazarus. In fact, it was such an overwhelming fact that the Gospel of John records that it was the resurrection of Lazarus that was the linchpin for the temple authorities uh, to come and arrest Jesus and ultimately put him to death. That's why we have this reading here two weeks before Easter. Jesus has the power to raise the dead. The shadow of death may loom large. It does loom large. I hope I'm wrong. I'm not trying to be um, a doomsayer or an apocalypticist. Um, just it, the, fa- the sobering facts of the case really came home to me uh, this week. But however dark the shadow looks, the light of Christ still shines brighter. And this is a truth we Christians need to etch into our hearts um, now and to keep looking to Christ and to his light to dispel the darkness within the shadow of death, the shadow that death casts. We may suffer pain, we may suffer loss in this short veil of tears, but joy comes in the morning. That's a figure for resurrection, the new day of the next life. Joy of living eternally with Christ, where there are no pandemics, no pain or death, because Christ has conquered death. That's the great message of the gospel. The closeness of death actually should make our grip on Christian truths more firm, more real, because the problem is presenting itself in more real terms. But Christ dying on the cross was to conquer death. His own death to conquer death. His being raised from the grave on Easter Sunday was to put death to flight and to dispel it from the earth once and for all in the end. By his resurrection, he assures us of the promise of life eternal for us who believe in him. Death will always be scary to our human nature. And there was something about it together with the great punishment for sin that Jesus suffered that made Jesus, uh, I'm not quite sure if the word anxious is the right word, but in the garden of Gethsemane, apprehensive, troubled. Um, It's natural to trouble us, but looking to God can give us a peace that runs deeper even than our troubled flesh. Looking to God who has promised to raise us as he raised his son on Easter day, as Jesus raised Lazarus um, on the day that he did a couple weeks before 
his own death. Amen. I want to pray for you who watch this, uh, knowing that a number of the events this week, no doubt, have inspired some fear and apprehension. I'd like to pray for you now. Father, please bring your supernatural peace to us. We can't conjure it. In the face of a number of very scary statistics and ever-increasing numbers on the coronavirus counters, with all the um, severe measures around the country and the world, we are frightened. But Lord, I pray that you would deepen our hope, all Christians, but especially uh, those uh, with whom I don't know who I'm praying with right now through this video, but with those who might be praying with me, that you would deepen our hope in the resurrection, that you would give us a perspective beyond this life, a perspective beyond this life that informs how we live in this life. Lord, I pray that you would give us a calmness and a wisdom that the world cannot have because it knows nothing beyond this life. But I do pray for all those who are sick right now with the coronavirus, that you would have mercy that you would heal, that you'd heal many who might have otherwise died if it wasn't for your healing touch. Lord, we do continue to pray for the stemming of the pandemic, but we trust you, come what may. We trust your power. We trust your sovereignty. We trust, uh, as evidenced by the raising of Lazarus, that you long for our life and health, whether in this life or the next. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.